0: Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo or at least one of them it kind of depends and probably some rando too but no complaining because this is free free this is beauty and the beta bonus audio content And welcome to the show. This week I was a guest on Minding Freedom Stream. If you listen to the call-in show, you've probably heard Minding Freedom call-in before. He's our German friend who helps us with some European insight from time to time. He has his own YouTube channel where he does interview streams like this, among other content. So if you like what you hear, and I hope that you will, check out Minding Freedom's links in the description. Thanks for listening and enjoy.
1: Hey everyone, this is Minding Freedom. Welcome to my channel. This is From the Badger's Den, and tonight we have a very special guest. Uh, He is one half of Beauty and the Beta. He is uh, a YouTube creator. He is uh, one of the most thorough creators and commentators i personally think on all of youtube um his name is matt christensen matt welcome to the stream
0: well thanks for the kind words geez uh and i'm glad (laughs) to see germany i presume is still uh, a thing still alive
1: Uh, germany hasn't imploded yet i mean kinda (laughs) okay uh, one of these days i already heard the first g's from you there Uh, yeah yeah
0: catchphrase i think it always kind of has been. I think it's just people started noticing. I don't think I, I certainly didn't start saying it consciously. I, I've always kind of said it, I think.
1: Okay. Um, and uh, before, before we go into some, some topics, uh, I, I just, uh, I, I uh, want to get this off my chest. Uh, you are one of the main reasons why I started doing YouTube in the first place. Well, that's very really uh, kind.
0: That's, that's high praise, man. I really appreciate that.
1: I mean, I, uh, you were one of the first people I uh, in this whole sphere together with uh, Roaming Millennial, pretty much, hmm. uh, that I started watching. And uh, I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure you see me every now and then in chat. Uh, oh, yeah, of course. It's, it's 3 a.m. when you start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've had you on the uh, call
0: in show and stuff before. Of course, I remember. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, you were one of the, the, the first people that I came across. And uh, it's just, you, you are a big part of what I'm doing, really
0: that's good to hear because uh, I feel the same way about a lot of people who inspired me to start putting my ideas out there, you know? And, and when you get to talk to those people, it's always a lot of fun. And so, uh, so anyway, thank you for that. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no problem. Uh, All right. Um, The. uh... I mean, you, you covered a, a few topics on um, the last on, on your show on on Sunday, but I I want to get into one topic that you you did cover, but I think definitely deserves another look. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the 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 whole Mark Zuckerberg, uh, hearing Senate hearing. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I found this so interesting uh, that that every every one of these senators had their their own kind of mission it seemed like Ted Cruz was talking about the bias against conservatives. Ben Sasse was talking about hate speech. Um, what's her name? Dianne Feinstein was talking about uh, the, the whole Trump Russia thing with Facebook and Russia and the ads. Um, is, is that uh, as someone who's from Germany and we don't have this kind of hearing, uh, we don't have those, those kind of, especially not on TV. There, are like all the hearings that are with, with any kind of people in, in committees, are always non-public so we don't Mm. see that kind of stuff going on um but asking you know as a german to an american is that something that that happens so often that you have these these hearings and that everyone has their own agenda coming into it yeah
0: actually it is um and i would say regrettably because i don't know that that really serves the pursuit of truth but i don't know if it's regrettable either because it really gives you a window into seeing how you're congressional or Senate delegation thinks. You know what I mean? I'm glad to watch this stuff. I'll give you another example. The one that I remember, the reason I say this is more common than just the the Mark Zuckerberg uh, incident, where I think you're right, There, are, uh, obviously all these, these senators, these congressmen have an angle they're taking in their questioning and a point they're trying to prove. The worst example I can remember was uh, Kamala Harris, new senator from California, and she was asking Trump's nominee for CIA director, about climate change issues. And his response was something to the effect of, I don't know if I get this job, it's going to be to monitor foreign intelligence. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, so, but she kept grilling him on, on climate change stuff for whatever political purposes, who knows apparently in her mind, the CIA director needs to have the correct views um, about climate change. But, but that's another example where, it's clearly a Senator trying to score political points as opposed to trying to find not just the truth, but a, a relevant truth to the purpose of the hearing itself.
1: Yeah. I mean, we have seen a, a very similar, um, situation with Cory Booker and Mike Pompeo. Yeah, uh, that was pretty much the same oh, thing. Just... Yeah.
0: Wasn't that, isn't that when he asked him, I don't know what I can say on your show or your stream or not, but he asked him about gay sex. Is that
1: yeah yeah that's, yeah that's, you, you can say whatever you want obviously. okay <laughs> uh, if, if, if i get taken down i don't care really um, well
0: i don't think you'll get taken maybe in germany for referencing that not here yet but, not but yet
1: my, my target audience is the u.s anyway so yeah i would i care yeah uh the U, uh, germany i think makes up like 20 to 30 percent of my audience the u.s makes up 50 so
0: that's pretty interesting um yeah. i suppose but did you also upload in german or are you always speaking english Always English.
1: I had I had one interview last year with a German uh, gun activist or gun rights activist uh, that I recorded in German, but I put English subtitles below uh, Mm. because uh, I I asked her, I gave her the option, uh, and she wasn't comfortable with speaking English, uh, comfortable enough uh, to do it. And so I said, okay, we do it in German, and then I'm gonna translate everything but uh yeah the this whole uh the, the question that cory booker asked i think was do you think to mike pompeo do you think gay sex is a perversion yeah is something to that extent yeah which why does that have any influence on the position of uh what's it uh, uh secretary of state right is what he's going for
0: uh i i believe uh no is it say what is it what, is it, what it, uh, i think I it was tillerson it. who got who got yeah you might outside. be right you might be right Gosh, I, uh, I should, these are things I should know. (laughs) Wait, 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 actually, this is interesting. Um, because hold on, we might've overlapped our stories here because, uh, yeah. So he, he's now nominated for state. You're right. Interestingly, the Kamala Harris exchange that I was describing was when he was nominated for CIA director, which was his previous post. Yeah. So he's really faced the bulk of both of it. I didn't realize it was the same guy.
1: Yeah, apparently it was Mike Pompeo. Poor man, yeah. <laughs> getting the hate, first, getting the hate from from Kamala Harris, then from Cory Booker. Uh, can he? Can he ever recover from that?
0: Both of whom uh, would probably have pretty good odds for Democratic nominee in twenty twenty. Both those people, as insane as yeah. That I mean,
1: is. Cory Booker. Cory Booker has really been making a run for it uh, mm-hmm. with his uh, virtue signaling in the last few months. <laughs> and His
0: tears of rage. Yeah. His tears of
1: rage. Yes. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Oh, that was, I I was, I was, we have this, we have this term in Germany. It's called fremdschämen. It means uh, literally uh, the the, the literal translation is uh, shame by proxy. Hmm. So you, you are ashamed for what someone else does. Okay. So
0: like secondhand embarrassment, basically. Yes. Yeah.
1: Kind of like that. Uh, I think the, the, the most or the closest English term to that would probably be cringe
0: yeah probably. That seems like a loose uh synonym,
1: yeah yeah, but i I, f- I felt that so much when when he talked about his tears of rage. <laughs> <Yeah. sighs> it's classic, though. it's
0: one of my favorite political moments of the year. One of my favorite sound bites too?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, I, I can see that definitely. together with uh, I don't know if you've got your soundboard ready right now.
0: uh not I mean, I could play it on my end, but you wouldn't hear it.
1: Okay. Uh, the the I agree
0: with that. Yeah. The Ruben. The Ruben. Uh, well, I mean, really, all of uh, Seamus over at Freedom Tunes. All of his voice work is fantastic. I love all his sound bites. I was. I'm going to take a trip um, next week. I'm going to take a little vacation finally, which I haven't done in a long time. And I was saying I might finally. I haven't. I haven't actually read Jordan Peterson's book, which you see in the background there. I've read it. I've skimmed it a little bit, but I haven't read it cover to cover. And I thought, well, maybe I'll actually read this on the plane finally. And uh, but someone was joking with me. Wouldn't it be great if if Seamus from Freedom Tunes did the whole audio book? If he read oh, the whole yes. book in his Jordan <laughs> Peterson voice, his his Canadian Kermit the Frog voice, that would be great. Yes, that would be a fantastic uh, audiobook. I would listen to that for sure. Can we
1: can we set up a GoFundMe for that?
0: <laughs> I'll, I, yeah, I'd pay him to do it. It would take a lot of hours to record all that, but I'd pay him to do it.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, may, may I ask uh, where you're flying to?
0: uh secret location secret vacation place the only reason the only reason i I say that is because like it is a place with good sized population and i have limited time and i these sometimes when i take trips like i i would like to you know put it out there publicly like hey i'm at this place if people want to come down and like hang out or something but i just really don't have this is only like a three-day thing this time and i won't have time to do it unfortunately but maybe in the future. So for now on this one, I'm trying to maintain maximum
1: privacy. I see, I see. Just one yeah. recommendation for me: don't don't fly to Germany.
0: <laughs> it, I can say it's not international. I've never actually left this continent. The most foreign trip I took was when I was 13. I went to Whistler, British Columbia. Like oh, wow. that's that's hardly even Canadian, really. Yeah, but but that's the most foreign trip that I took.
1: Oh wow. That's, yeah. that's actually, I, I, don't, I don't want to be
0: rude or anything, but that's actually sad. <laughs> I don't know if it's sad. I mean, it's not, well, here's the, th- you want to talk sad. I want to go to Europe, sir. I want to go, I want to go see all the things. Now, I, well, I feel, I worry, am I being paranoid about it? Because one, I'm worried about like terrorism stuff. But two, after I've seen, I don't want to, I don't want to be detained for thought crime or something like that. I, I know so, these aren't like real. I know realistically they're very low probability events to have happen if I were to visit Europe, but I don't know. There are things that there are things that concern me.
1: Yeah, but I, I, if I were you, I wouldn't be too concerned about that because uh, you. The thing is, your your content is very. You think about what you say. You're you're very uh, thoughtful in your in your choice of words.
0: Yeah, you could call it safe. I would choose to call it, uh, I mean, a critic could call it safe. I, I would, I, I certainly don't aim to be safe. I try to be accurate, I guess you could say. Yeah. That, that's how, that's what maybe, I would say.
1: Maybe safe is a bad word there. Uh, well, you, I don't think you said I, I safe.
0: I'm saying people would, people would call me that for sure. Uh,
1: okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, I, I don't think you would get arrested, tamed. But, and, but
0: association, and... man, they grilled Brittany Pettibone about all her associations. You know? yeah but you don't even have these associations yeah really. I, I do a show with blonde what are you talking about
1: uh, okay okay <laughs> but there's only one you know yeah yeah no.
0: and i don't disavow i don't, I don't disavow one. nearly enough
1: <laughs> i mean you, you already disavow a lot on your show so. i know jokingly or seriously you know
0: you can never yeah
1: tell. yeah um but I also, I also wanted to get into uh, another topic. I mean, you, you recently had uh, Owen Benjamin before, recorded before he was suspended from Twitter. Yeah. Um, what, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Um, do you, do you, um, what, what do you think about people who say, well, Twitter is a private company that do whatever <laughs> they want? I, t-
0: I was going to say, I think you, I think you're, you're dabbling in an area. I think you know, I have a lot of. Uh, a lot of passion about. Yes. Um, yeah. It, uh, it always bugs me because people think they they have some gotcha on you when you lament the banning of people from social media or communications platforms for political reasons. They think they got this gotcha where they say, well, it's a private company, man. They, 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 they can do whatever they want. Yeah, of course. Uh, people like me are not arguing. Let's get the government to go in there and force Twitter to accommodate everybody. It is a question of Do you want to uphold a culture that believes in and reinforces First Amendment values, or don't you? And and I think that's really crucially important. Not only that the government doesn't come in and punish us for speech that we might exchange, but that we don't punish each other for that speech. That's a cultural norm, the norm that... Uh, I, I, I may or may not agree with what you say, but I'll defend to the death your right to say it. That's a cultural norm, and it's a cultural value, and it's one that precedes the First Amendment as a legal value. And as soon as you start to erode that culture, whether it's at the interpersonal or the corporate level, in the case of Twitter, you're, you're creating a culture that, that says that's okay, that, that we want to have a culture where people punish each other for speech. And as soon as that's normalized in culture, the legal standard tends to follow. Legal standards are articulations of our cultural values and norms. And that's why I care so much. If it's if it's the the cultural norm that we're going to punish each other for saying the wrong thing, the wrong thing for engaging in wrong think, it's not unreasonable to assume the legal standard will follow later. And that's what I really really worry about. And that's why I find the technical argument of it's a private company, bro. Yeah, you're right, but the question is the question is not can they do this? The question is, should they, and what are the consequences down the road if they do? Those are the questions we need to think about.
1: Mm, and when you when you uh, take this this idea of of uh, free speech being a cultural value, and uh, yeah. you, you you take it over and and look at Europe, uh, where that isn't a cultural value, at least not in the same understanding. Um, and and you see you see what happens over there or over here rather for me, uh, yeah. Where you have, for example, in Scotland, the situation with Count Dankuland, where you have um, in, in Germany, a situation where an, an 80-something-year-old woman is being uh, arrested, convicted, and, and sentenced for um, d- denying the Holocaust. Which I didn't even hear I, about that. I don't that. agree with it. I, I have to say that for legal purposes. I don't agree with it. For legal purposes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're
0: actually not joking, though. That's what's yeah. crazy.
1: Yeah, um, but I don't think she should go for for. Uh, sh- uh, sorry, she should go to jail for that. It's it's a very simple thing, and and I think she should have the right to say it. Uh, just as a, a German uh, politician like ten years ago said, everyone has a right to be stupid, mm-hmm. and I I think that's a it's a very interesting take, especially from a German politician. To say you have a right to be, you shouldn't do it, but you have the right to do it. Government should not be able to to punish you for being stupid. Yeah, yeah. And it's,
0: I, it it seems like there's a lot of confusion on that. And I like the phrasing "you have the right to be stupid" because it shows. Look, I disagree with the way that you're exercising your right. And too often these days, there's confusion. Um, when people can't make the distinction between defending a right versus defending the exercise of that right. There's tons Mm. of speech. How much speech out there in the world do you think I actually disagree with? It's probably the vast majority of speech. Probably like 95% of the speech in the world I think is crap. But I still would defend the right for all of that speech to be uttered, written, expressed however, so it's, it's really frustrating. I think we're talking about that on Sunday a little bit, but it's really frustrating when it's like, look, I will defend anyone's right to speak. Richard Spencer, any, any alt right guy, any white nationalist, any Nazi, any of these people. It doesn't mean I agree with what they say, but it seems like there's a lot of people who can't make that distinction. Oh, you defend the right for that speech to be expressed. Therefore you agree with the speech. Mm. That's really frustrating. It's like, that's the nature of a right man is it doesn't matter whether i agree with the speech or not it has a right to exist and be expressed yes that's what makes it right my yes. my agreement is irrelevant in that context
1: yeah um sorry uh, thank you very much try civil war for the three euros careful matt talking to this badger can get you in trouble he once held a scottish castle hostage
0: oh is that true i mean a scott <laughs> a scottish castle what do you mean
1: there, there has been a story coming out of Scotland where uh, there's a, an angry badger that holds a, a a castle hostage and denies food, and and hmm. like they they offered him honey and everything. And he's, gotcha. He's like, nah. So it's
0: like folklore. It,
1: well, it's it's a very recent story. I think it was just a few days ago.
0: Oh, so it's not like uh, I was thinking this was like Hansel and Gretel type stuff. No, no, no. This no. is it's, more it's like an actual thing. There's an actual, actual badger, badger, not a fairy tale actual... character.
1: Yeah, there's an actual angry badger in an actual Scottish castle right now. I don't think if he's still there, but a few days ago at least, um, that held the castle hostage pretty much. Yeah, and, uh, I just
0: Googled it. Here's the top hit on Huffington Post. Quote, very angry badger seizes part of 500-year-old Scottish castle.
1: Yep. Wow. And uh, people have been insinuating for, for the last few days that that is me and I'm trying to fight for Dankula. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. It it would, it would it's a good but, crossover. Uh, unfortunately, I have to say it's not me. I wish, <laughs> but uh, yeah, fr- free speech is just such a such a vast topic. Uh, and, and actually, the the whole Badger story. If you if you uh, bring let's say bring it back to me and 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 take this uh, connection to Scotland and Dankula, that's that's another free speech issue. And um, I'm I'm very. Interested. The the sentencing is April 23rd. Um, mm. and the the estimates of his sentence reach from just a bit of community service to one and a half years in jail. That's what I've heard mm. so far. Uh those are some of the estimates. Uh the the bottom I,
0: the I'm kind of conflicted on what I hope for. Like obviously, I like Dankula the guy, and I want him punished minimally. Of course, on principle, I don't want him punished at all. Mm. But when I think about this. I wonder what's better to convince people in the UK that this is wrong. Like if he gets a maximum sentence, let's say he gets a year and a half in jail or whatever it is. The, the actual like is the, there is there benefit to that socially in that it might actually wake people up and and they'll realize what the hell are we doing? Mm-hmm. It may I don't know. Am I wrong in that? Am I wrong in that there's like part of me that even though I don't want that guy punished at all, Am I wrong in seeing like a silver lining in a harsh punishment? Am I no, crazy I, for that?
1: I thought about that, and I'm I'm thinking kind of the same way. There, some way, like Dankula is a cool guy. He's he's chill and everything. I I don't want him to see punished at all, but he already got convicted. It's just that the sentence is still not is is not out there yet. Uh, So I wanted to get the the mildest sentence possible, which would probably be some kind of community service. Yeah,
0: I mean the only thing I, and again, I grant that I'm thinking like big picture philosophy stuff here as opposed to like that guy. I understand if I'm Dankula, I'm saying fuck that, I don't want to go to jail and I get that (laughs) entirely. But it's like if he just gets a slap on the wrist to me it makes it easier for people there to ignore it and to say, oh well that's fine he really didn't get punished very hard anyway Mm. you know?
1: yeah like i said i i see this but uh it's it's just so hard you know i I feel conflicted about it just like you from what i understand do as well um to to just uh, one on one side yeah dankula hopefully he doesn't go to jail on the other hand if he does it's a it's a good way to to um persuade uh the brits of the values of free speech yeah yeah. But I mean, to some
0: extent, he's already been a martyr for free speech, you know? He just has to be a little bit more of... I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel... I, I, I hate saying stuff like this, because I really... I can't imagine what it's like to be in his situation, and I'm, I sympathize with it uh, hugely. So, I don't know. It's like, what do I want? What, do I want what's best for Dankula the guy, or do I want what I think is going to be most persuasive to the, to the public in the UK? and persuading people that that this is a terrible idea and this is a terrible precedent and you ought to change the law such that this doesn't happen again.
1: Mm. Uh, by the way, the uh, if I remember correctly, uh, you you may fake news me on, on on Sunday or whenever you want. You can give me the fake news somebody. <laughs> but I think the, the maximum uh, sentence that you could get by law is seven years. Oh my God. Well, that's... Yeah. I don't know but that I'm hoping for that. That's a little yeah. insane. No, but but like I said, the, the estimates that I've heard so far have reached from community service all the way up to one and a half years. The,
0: the point is, I guess my point is, any punishment is fundamentally unjust. Any punishment at all. So in the hope of persuading people to that, harshness is more persuasive than leniency, I guess. But God, it sucks. It sucks to even sit here thinking about, well, I hope that guy who made the wrong joke it's a lengthy prison sentence, so we can <laughs> yeah. teach them a lesson. It sucks, but this is like this is what that wacky, wacky Europe and that wacky- wacky U.K. has done to me. They start making me think in these ways.
1: Mm. I mean, they, they, they start to make or they start yeah, they started to uh, make me think in ways I, I didn't imagine to be possible. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking in a way of, of how is the quickest way for me to leave? Which, the thing is, I understand understand myself as a a patriot. I I love Germany. I love the country. I I, I love the people, generally, not politically, but you know what I mean? Uh, I I love the food. I love the culture, everything. But it's it's getting to a point where I um, seriously consider leaving. Well, that's the joke I always
0: make is soon we're gonna to have to start accepting European refugees in the u s <laughs> refugees from the refugee crisis like yeah. all the refu- all the Swedish refugees and all the german refugees uh yeah that won't that be something
1: yeah i I fear at some point this this might happen um that that europe i mean the the rate at which Europe is going down right now quite quite literally going down um is Incredible, Um, and I, I I think that if if there is no turnaround, I don't think uh, Germany has gone past the point of no return. But if there is uh, no if there is no turnaround, uh, we're gonna see a civil war in Germany in the next ten to fifteen years.
0: Well, that's yeah. I people start talking on terms like these. You know, you want to say, well, that's crazy talk. That that's 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 apocalyptic nonsense or whatever. The reality is, the longer you allow these pro- these problems to go unchecked, the more the more dire the problem gets, the more dire the solutions get. That's the reality of it, and that, I worry about that too. I uh, I don't think it's crazy to foresee serious conflict in Europe in the foreseeable future. I, I mean, you would know better than I would. I'm just casual observer guy, an ocean away. More than that, an ocean and half a continent away, but. I know that you can't just allow what's going on there to keep, to continue without a sizable amount of the population saying no. This this is a little too far for me. I uh, I don't think I'm going to participate anymore.
1: Mm. And and the 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 one thing that gives me a bit of uh, solace maybe. Uh, is that um the, the the gun ownership in germany is actually pretty high uh <laughs> in the u.s it's it's more guns than people uh if, if the the stats are correct like 101 guns for every 100 people probably yeah in in germany it's 30 so it's it's not that far off. 30 to off. one no 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 no. Oh. 30 to 100
0: <laughs> oh 30 to 100 so it's about a third like a third the rate of the u.s is what you're saying yeah, per capita.
1: 30 percent of the of the US yeah, yeah 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 which is still pretty high considering Germany's gun laws.
0: Yeah, is it actually hard to to get a weapon, buy a weapon in Germany? I have no idea.
1: It it's harder than in the U.S., um, but it's uh, you, you need the thing is you need to be uh, a member of a of a sports shooting club here, hmm. uh, and you need to be at least uh, either uh, once a month for a whole year or eighteen times a year on the shooting range. And it it needs to be like huh. recorded. So you, to so you have to like a, you
0: have to practice.
1: Yes, it's kind of interesting. You have to practice either eighteen times a year, uh, or it's kind once of a lot.
0: For- to be honest, I don't shoot that much personally.
1: Yeah, um, but in, in, the thing is also in in Germany you have these. Like it's it's really a, a a group activity to go to the range. Yeah, like it's uh, you have a you have a bunch of, let's say middle aged men. Who are like they're they're the same? What are we going to do this weekend? Yeah, let's go to the shooting range. Yeah, and then you have like 10, 15 men there just shooting different. Well, that's kind of interesting
0: because and- it sounds like basically the foundational purpose of firearm ownership in Germany then is sporting in nature as opposed to self-defense.
1: Yes, uh, a yeah. uh, self-defense with a gun in Germany is generally not recognized uh, uh, as it's not recognized as a right hmm. ever. Uh, it's not recognized the thing is you need to um pr- if you if you um apply for a license uh, a gun ownership license not you can't carry but you can have you need a gun ownership license yeah um if you apply for that uh you need to um show that you are in need of a of a firearm and yeah yeah I that's hate some this commie
0: nonsense. nonsense right there man yes
1: you lost <laughs> I me agree. i agree um but um, uh, self-defense is not accepted as such a need. Yeah, which,
0: the, which is crazy. It's like a reversal because it always, um, it always mildly triggers me when I hear people say things in this country like, this weapon's not used for hunting or that weapon's not used for hunting. Well, who cares? Uh, hunting is not the philosophical foundation of the Second mm. Amendment. Who, who gives a shit if it's, about, if it's a hunting weapon or not? First off, you can hunt with a lot of things. There's no such yeah. thing as like, this is uniquely a hunting weapon and this one isn't. But second, it, it, that's not the the reason we have the Second Amendment anyway. In your case, what you're describing is exactly the opposite, which is, hey, show me that's useful for hunting or else it's not allowed, you know, <laughs> or sport, a target shooting, whatever, whatever sporting mm. purpose, you know?
1: Yeah. But uh, I'm the, the one thing that I would really um, hope for in Germany, but I don't think it's going to happen, is that we... Uh, look more to countries like Switzerland, like the US, uh, maybe uh, like uh, the Czech Republic, which recently adopted their own kind of Second Amendment constitutionally. Hmm, uh, so they they wrote it in there in their constitution, changed their constitution. Uh, so gun ownership is um, pretty much a right. Um, so I wish we we would ever get there, but I I don't think we will. Uh, hmm. The Germans are, I think when I when I look at my my fellow. Uh, compatriots what i see is uh, a lot of them are secretly authoritarian let's hmm. say they they are they are fine with um they're fine with the, the government doing stuff for them it's it's this mindset of in germany we we talk about father state Ugh. yeah
0: gross yeah. get and, out and of here and we
1: call and we call our chancellor Mutti which is the german equivalent of mama
0: no. Yes. Even Merkel?
1: <laughs> I, I don't do that. Isn't Merkel
0: of, like, childless ironically? She doesn't have children, does she?
1: Uh she doesn't no. Okay. Uh, but it's it's not really ironically. Uh it's uh, in in the in in the well, media I'm... she's often called uh unironically uh Mama Merkel.
0: Well, that's what I mean the nickname would be ironic then if she's actually no, childless.
1: No, no it, it, she she's the she's basically seen as the mother of Germany yeah but yeah i mean ugh, ugh. <laughs> you know, if, if i start talking I, like, about
0: the state as a parent uh we'll we'll go we'll go on forever because that's another thing that just drives me crazy yeah. man
1: yeah that is that is true but uh yeah let's let's uh, end the stream on a very lighthearted hearted note sure. and i'm gonna be asking you six not so serious questions that probably okay. have the potential to sell more division between people than any political disagreement ever could ah I well lose- i
0: bet i can predict at least one
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can <laughs>
0: pineapple pizza is delicious next yeah
1: good yeah but uh but let me let me finish my intro okay? all right, all right <laughs> well, questions from hell, please only answer with yes or no. Oh, you okay, already okay. got one out of the way um the other ones are are traps gay
0: yes, a hundred percent good is cereal soup no, because I think the base has to be well mm. I was gonna say the base has to be a broth, but you can have cream-based soup. See? Um, yeah, because I boxed myself up there, I have to say yes. Then
1: yes, <laughs> that's a win. Uh, hot dog sandwiches, yes. Wings, boned or boneless? Boneless. Good. And the final one. So they're basically far, everyone chicken nuggets, ag- but
0: they're good. Anyone who doesn't like chicken nuggets, what the hell's wrong with you?
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, and the final one. So far, everyone agreed on that last one. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Uh,
0: I have I can't answer yes or no, and I bet maybe you know why if you if you listen to the podcast frequently because I've never seen any movie ever. I've never seen Die Hard. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, you have to do that. I, 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 there's like a hundred movies I have to see that I never have. Yeah,
1: but Die Hard is must be number one on that list.
0: <sighs> I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Does it take place at? I, I guess. I'd have to answer what's my definition of a Christmas movie. One, it has to take place at Chris. Maybe it doesn't, I guess I would say there are two criteria though. It has to take place at Christmas, but two, like the actual holiday of Christmas has to be relevant to the plot. That's what I would say. Is it okay? Then I would say yes.
1: Okay, good. And still everyone agrees on that one. (laughs) Um, all right. Uh, thank you very much, Matt, for joining me.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
1: It was a real pleasure. And um, tomorrow, I'll be be streaming the most cringiest game I ever saw on Twitch. It's called Super Seducer. Hmm. PM Eastern. And on Saturday, uh, I can't even speak anymore. On Saturday, uh, I'll be hosting Ian Miles Chong here on YouTube. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, you, if man. you want to follow if you want to follow Matt on Twitter or YouTube uh, links are in the description below and uh, thank you very much everyone for watching. have a great day and good.